Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Well, we are so excited to be here with you today. It has been a while. It has been a little while. We've yeah. been out of town, huh? We went out of town and uh, took a little break. So we're excited to be back at. I don't think we've done any podcast for like two weeks. We I haven't. We were at Liberty University yeah. Went uh, to see our seeing our kiddos yep. and I uh, saw a couple football games. They yes, won both. They're they winning today. Yes. Yeah, praise yes, the Lord. Yes. Yes. They're uh, Buffalo today and they're Buffalo. winning so far. And they're, they were winning Pretty 24 bad. to zero. I think yeah, it's I think probably it's 30. Yeah. Is yeah. it? Okay. All right. Well, Go flames. you can check us out at Grace in the Shadows ORG. You can text or call 251 244 or you can email us at Dr. Jonathan at Grace in the Shadows ORG. Well, today, you want to tell her? We have a guest. We have Dr. Brent Kelly with us today. He's Associate Professor of Theology yeah. at Liberty University. Uh, he's an old friend, uh, not old. But he's a friend. Past friend. Uh, sounds bad. <laughs> Old friend. He uh, from many many moons ago. We uh, yeah. were in the gospel ghettos together. Uh, when I worked security, <laughs> he would come down. We'd talk theology and solve all the world's problems. And uh, he's a very sharp uh, fella. Yes. And it's an honor to have him today. Uh, it's welcome. Welcome on the show, Doctor Kelly. Well, I am delighted to be here, and uh, you're actually correct. I'm getting on the old side. Uh, I keep getting notes from different doctors and Social Security, and they keep reminding uh-huh. me that I'm old. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. we're I'm catching we're, up with we're you. We're not far behind you, so. <laughs> it happens to the best great. of us. Yes, he is. Yes, yes he is. But God is well, gracious, and uh, he has blessed uh, our efforts and, and our ministry over the years. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Kelly, as we've... Uh, have you on and I know there's people out there that are listening that uh, are baby Christians some are seekers and they want to know people you know people's stories are powerful uh, our story is part of for God's glory and bigger story um, for the kingdom of God so start off if you would and we'll get into some other uh, to do um, things to do uh, thereafter how did you come to know the Lord tell us a little bit about your testimony how you came to know Jesus that is a great question uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. As a matter of fact, uh, um, we were poor. Uh, we we were a struggling family, and my father died uh, when I was nine, uh, mm-hmm. and so it was it was a great struggle. Uh, as I was going through school, we went to public school and and did all the uh, what we thought were normal things. What I discovered was I was clueless. I was lost, just mm. lost in the sauce. I had no idea uh, how life worked. And, and the worst part was that I couldn't connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And so I had a chance to um, be involved with a, a police explorer group, you know, uh, uh, one of those uh, things that kids do, almost like scouting. Um mm-hmm. And we wound up going to some meeting. And on the way back, one of the police officers, we were talking about some silly thing. Well, one of the police mm-hmm. officers turned around and said, hey, would you like to know what the Bible says about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I was absolutely clueless. And uh, most of the folks in the van got out and, and left. But um, I stayed around. And uh, that police officer's name is Lou Bush. Uh, he wound up sharing 
a gospel track with me called Steps Peace with God. That's that old Billy Graham mm-hmm. gospel track. And uh, explained how Jesus had you know, died for my sins and ro- rose from the dead and that he loved me. Now, listen, I, I was clueless. I mean, if you were to ask me about sin, I didn't know anything about sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I couldn't even define it. But I knew that I was broken, that there was something desperately wrong. And to hear that God loved me. Um, so that invitation uh, brought mm. me to, to my knees, uh, metaphorically, <laughs> you're in a van, but, uh, but I prayed. Um, mm. And I asked God to, to fix what was broken, to come into my heart, mm. uh, knowing so little except that uh, something was wrong. From that time, God worked slowly in my life to, to fix that, was bro- that which was broken. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, their new creation, the oldest mm-hmm. pathway, the, the new has come, all this is from God. So God in his mercy and grace began to work in me. And I had so much baggage. I had so many problems. Um, mm. My brothers and I used to joke, and it wasn't funny, but uh, in our class, in our graduating class, which were, consisted of thousands, um, mm. we were at the bottom. Uh, I had no idea. And God in his mercy and grace actually had me uh, in the Marine Corps two weeks after I graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. And I learned all sorts of things that I didn't know before, that there was a right, that there was a wrong. And mm-hmm. uh, I, would, I had taken a test, and uh, I had no idea whether I had done well or even what that margin was. But the fellow, there's a fellow who came up, he was another Marine, and uh, he was one grading the test. And he goes, oh, you know, uh, you scored the highest of the group. You must be the smart one. It was the first time in my life mm-hmm. that ever been referred to as intelligent mm-hmm. uh, in any way. Uh, pretty clueless. And, and during my time in the Marine Corps, I wound up running into a bunch of Christians. And God used those, those believers to, to help me to uh, learn more about God, to grow mm-hmm. a little bit. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then from there, God led me to a Bible college where the first day, first class, I, I met my beautiful wife, Rhonda. Uh. Yeah. And so God has taken me through many, many adventures um, till, to this present day. I've, I've, I retired as an army chaplain. Um, that, that, was, that was great. That was really in my wheelhouse. I picked mm-hmm. up my Ph.D. from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And I have continued to not only be involved with the military, but also be involved in academics. That's um, awesome. And I've worked as a dean, uh, associate vice president of academic affairs. I've uh, had the opportunity to uh, be involved in other people's lives. So that, that's a, a broad brush. Uh, that's awesome. Of, of what God did, how he led me to himself. But uh, there was an old song. Mm-hmm. I was so lost 
I could have died, mm. but Jesus rescued me. And there's times where people are so lost that you can't yeah. even articulate what the problem is. That's true. But God is the one who has come to rescue us. We, we, don't, we don't even know. That's but 100% true. He rescues us. Mm. That's powerful. And, you know, God, God, our testimonies, no one can argue with. I mean, I guess they could try, but, but that's our personal testimony of how God, how Jesus came to us and saved us. And it's powerful because they're all unique and they all have, uh, you know, show God's providence and God's provision for salvation to his people. Yeah. Well, uh, that's great. And so today I'm going to transition a little bit. Uh, now you're teaching theology, right? Theology and is it hermeneutics? Yes. Well, I teach theology, and it's mm -hmm. a very interesting uh, uh, contrast. Mm -hmm. uh, I teach undergraduate students often. It's their first class, uh, uh -huh. both uh, religion students and those who, who are not taking religion classes. I teach them theology and, and Bible. And then That's I awesome. also wind up mentoring or guiding doc doctor of ministry students, trying to get them across the finish line. And I've been blessed uh, Amen. to be fairly successful in that. But I must confess, these men and women are doing the hard work of pounding out those mm -hmm. papers, the hundreds and hundreds of pages mm -hmm. they have to write. So, you know, the challenge is to, to talk to these postgraduate Mm -hmm. uh, theology folks but then the next moment you know you're explaining to <laughs> brand new college students and and it's it's not the age because as you know people go to college uh, right out of high school mm -hmm. but for most folks life gets in the way so mm -hmm. it might be 10 years 20 30 years later 40 yeah and then, and it's true in my class so when we talk about uh, religion, when we talk about theology, uh, it's not that we want to dumb it down, but we want to make sure that it's clear mm -hmm. because there's so much noise out there. And True. the importance of the gospel and what the Bible says, because we believe that God has communi communicated to us clearly mm -hmm. in the Bible, in the Bible alone, uh, that mm -hmm. he has communicated, communicated to us clearly so we want everyone to understand what it says. Yeah, and that's important because as we see, Dr. Kelly, how from the very beginning, Satan was critiquing and adding to and taking away and twisting God's word. Uh, he spoke through false prophets and, and uh, uh, we know in present false teachers and twisting a scripture. Uh, so that people won't be saved, and I think for believers to cause confusion, correct? Correct, and the challenge is this. The problem mm -hmm. is not understanding what the Bible says. The right. problem is actually understanding what the Bible says. And let me give you the, <laughs> the example. Please, go ahead. So something very simple. Uh, people will say, I don't like the rules in the Bible. And when they mm -hmm. hear, you know, when they think about rules, they think of don't drink, smoke, or chew, or go with girls who do. Uh, <laughs> but really, the hard stuff is mm -hmm. found in, uh, well, some of Paul's epistles. Mm -hmm. uh, that, 
we should be uh, have love, and joy, and peace, and patience, mm-hmm. and gentleness, kindness, goodness, self control, and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. hard. In fact, there's one it, uh, section in the book of Colossians, chapter 3, where mm-hmm. it says, Put away from you anger, wrath, malice, and abusive speech. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's getting tough, especially when I'm stuck in traffic behind somebody. And you're right. Uh, so when we talk about God mm-hmm. transforming our lives, we're not talking about wearing a tie. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about whether you have a, a nose ring or an earring or a tattoo or wearing high mm-hmm. heels or anything like that. It's that inner transformation. And so it's easy to get confused when we hear the noise out there where people say, well, this is what Christianity is about. And often that's not true. What they're mm-hmm. saying is that's what religious culture is about. And Jesus is much more interested in people. Yes, he is. In, uh, religious culture. That's right. You know, one of the things that I hear a lot, and I agree with the statement, God is love. And I totally agree with it. No debating that. It's God's word. But also, you know, with a lot of the things in society and sins, you know, hey, don't judge. Judge not unless we judge yourself. God is love. And I think all, both of those uh, can, are twisted in our society and taken out of context and, and, the, and not understanding the times there. Excellent. God is love, First John 4 yeah. Uh, yeah. says that. But what it means, that's it. Right. But grammar, it's not uh, an, an adjective. It's not mm-hmm. a primary uh, attribute of God. God is loving. Mm-hmm. But if I happen to love pizza, that mm-hmm. is not God. All right. Right. Uh, you know, and judging. You know, should we be obnoxious judging people? No. Yeah, right. Should we call out bad behavior when the word of God says this is unwise, it's going to destroy somebody's life? Sure. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. context, and you mentioned it, context drives so much understanding of what the Bible says. And, and Satan jumps on that because, you know, well, you shouldn't judge that person for, you know, being a, a, a drunkard or, or, or being in sexual sin. Um, and, and it's not that we're, it's not about judging, it's about truth. And, you know, if we judge without love, or if we speak the truth without love, it's, it's nullified. But if we have love without truth, it's, it's really a lie. Well, we want to make sure that we get the, Mm -hmm. we don't get the cart before the horse. Correct. Uh, We need to know God. We need to know what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. And then we need to then application comes later on. Correct. The problem that people have is they immediately jump to application, or worse, they take a verse out of context, they slap it on a piece of, of wood, and they hang it in their kitchen. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and they think that's a promise from God. All things uh, work together for good. That, that's a good example. Right. Uh, yeah, except the context says, all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Correct. Correct. And uh, so not all things are good, but God in his sovereignty and his love will bring all things ultimately uh, 
to a place where we can acknowledge uh, before him that those things were good. But And that's only for the believers, those that love God. It's, for the unbeliever, there's really nothing good coming except the benefits they have from just being in the world and blessings from the church and, and other saints. Yes, God's common grace goes mm-hmm. to all people. Right. But uh, uh, our culture uh, doesn't like to talk about um, judgment. In no. fact, our, our religious culture doesn't like to talk about taking up the cross and mm-hmm. following Jesus, as if all that meant was to have a chain around our neck with a with an ornament. Right. Uh, True. So there's a little bit more, and it's important to read the entire Bible. In fact, I think that's what we're going to be discussing. So what are some keys, uh, Dr. Kelly, to key principles for interpreting different genres within the Bible? Well, genres are just different ways that uh, things are written. Mm -hmm. So in the Bible, you have narratives. That's about 43%. And that's history, biography, Mm -hmm. parables. And you mentioned stories. We are wired to connect to stories. Stories Mm -hmm. explain life's questions. Mm-hmm. So we have narratives in the Bible. We have poetry. Now, poetry, these are dense, creative language uh, sections mm-hmm. that are songs, sometimes proverbs. A prophecy is a good example that mm-hmm. you'll run into poetry. Then you have something called prose discourse. That's 24% of the Bible, and that is for the logical mind. And that is designed to uh, bring about a response. Mm-hmm. Um, it is uh, to persuade with reason. So you have the law and the wisdom literature, letters of the apostles. Now, most sections of the Bible have a primary genre, but mm-hmm. often they have others in, inside. So you need to, you need to observe. And the, one of the best little helpful things that I know of is, uh, a little acronym, C-O-M-A. C-O-M-A. Okay. Context, observation, meaning, application. Come now, um, in at the university, we'll say it like this. Observation, interpretation, correlation, and application. It's the exact same thing, but I like coma because it's easy to remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when we're looking at at a text, we need to ask questions. Uh, And you don't need to be an English major. Uh, I have a friend of mine, brilliant uh, pastor, uh, Philip Mead, and he loves to talk about grammar during his sermons. I've I've learned Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff about grammar that uh, I didn't know just from listening Mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. But usually we don't talk about grammar, but what we do is we ask questions. Often it's something as simple as, what is happening in the text? Mm -hmm. What are the major events? Why did the author write what he wrote? Now, obviously God uh, moved the author, but Moses was writing for a particular reason. Mm -hmm. Him and the Jewish folks had just gotten out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. There's a reason why Genesis 1, well, Genesis was written. Right. And uh, we want to ask that question. And and then these guys pop up, whether it's Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve or Noah or 
Abraham, we should ask, who who are these folks? Mm-hmm. Are there any themes? So context, so much drives um, our understanding by context. Mm-hmm. And I would also say something else. This is this is uh, because we happen to be Western type thinkers. You know, we're, right? We're the Americans, or if you're you're uh, not in the United States, but you you uh, have that Western perspective. What you like is data. Mm-hmm. You like to be specific. My wife has a calendar. Everything mm-hmm. goes in that calendar. I mean, everything. When the cats eat, when we go to uh, doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. uh, when we see the grandkids, everything. Because that's the way we think. Right. I get up and I check my uh, cell phone and I want to know the specific times. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're reading ancient Jewish literature, one of the unique things is that it lacks details, and that mm-hmm. drives people crazy. Where right. are the details? Um, what did Adam and Eve look like? Where did this talking snake come from? Well, there's a point mm-hmm. to the stories, and every detail matters. But there are ambiguities, and the purpose of those ambiguities are to are it's an invitation uh, to inquiry and discovery. So when you read the Old Testament, you want to think, you know, what's going on here? Why are these folks saying what they're saying? So you have this one guy, uh, Balaam, uh, really mm-hmm. a horrible fellow, and, and <laughs> that's a funny story. Israel, yeah, and, yeah, and he winds up. Uh, really wanting the money that's being offered to curse mm-hmm. Israel, but God keeps telling him, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Now, it's amazing enough to think, okay, this guy hates God's people and God's talking with him. Mm-hmm. But then there's mm-hmm. this whole thing of he gets on his donkey and, and, and he's beating the donkey because the donkey is doing <laughs> what he wants and the donkey starts talking to him. Now, we get all wrapped up in this talking donkey rather than asking What's going on? Yeah, it's Why true. Why is happening? Mm-hmm. You know, it is a funny story, though, but go ahead. Yeah, that's... Oh, it's, it's a hilarious story. Yeah. I look forward to <laughs> talking with the donkey. And, and having, <laughs> uh, Jewish tradition has it that uh, um, he's one of those uh, sanctified beasts. Uh, mm-hmm. But the point of the story is not mm-hmm. the talking donkey. That's true. Or all the jokes that we make. Mm-hmm. It's not even the angel who's got a sword at this guy's neck telling mm-hmm. him you should have listened to the donkey. It is <laughs> God's jealousy. He is so protective of his people mm-hmm. that he will not allow anyone um, to harm his people. No cursing, no opposition. God will always take care of his people. And we... Go ahead, uh, Dr. Kelly. Go ahead and finish. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that uh, the end of that particular story mm-hmm. is that Balaam winds up dying in battle uh, against the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He didn't learn his lesson at all. No. And, and the takeaway is that God loves his people and he is jealous for his people. But again, context driving the interpretation. Well, even John 3.16, which is dear to my heart, should be dear to every Christian's heart, 
you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. The world, I mean, there's some people, universalists, for instance, that would say the world, that means the whole world's going to be saved. You know, but if you understand the context, you look at, you know, Nicodemus and talking to Jesus, and Nicodemus and the Jews thought they were the only ones. And Jesus is saying, no, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, the Gentiles too. So that particular yeah. thing, you were correct, yeah. mm-hmm. why is it being part of a larger narrative, mm-hmm. a larger story? And so mm-hmm. Jesus winds up really irritating the religious leaders by using a couple of examples mm-hmm. in the Old Testament of God's love for everyone yes, in, in a very specific way. Naaman uh, was a general, but he also had... Rahab, terminal disease, and, and God mm-hmm. didn't heal any of the Israelites, but He healed this guy, yeah, uh, Naaman, and and the people are furious because you're right, they were xenophobic, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. God had said that His word should be spread out to all the nations. Um, but getting back to understanding the Bible, when yeah. you read the Old Testament. Um, you want to ask those questions. What's going on? Mm-hmm. What is, what's the main character doing in this section? How does the author describe them? Um, how do they describe themselves? And all these characters are important. Some of them are examples to be followed. Some mm-hmm. of them are examples not to be followed. Mm-hmm. And if we don't understand that, if we haven't gotten the context, if we haven't looked, observation, if we haven't looked and seen the introduction, the rising tension, the conflict, mm-hmm. the resolution, how does this all end? How does this particular story, uh, pericope, what a great little statement, that means a, a little section. How does it, how does it end? Mm-hmm. What's the mm-hmm. main point? And then you end with application, right? How does it apply to me? You know, right. what the happened end, then? Yeah, that's right. In the end, what are those timeless principles that apply mm-hmm. to me? So mm-hmm. Jesus says, um, don't uh, cut off your hand, poke out your eye, uh, rather than, than be lost. Right. Uh, it, it's a metaphor. It's not, you know, I have... I have some patients that <clears throat> struggle with lust, and they're Christians, uh, a lot of them are, and they use this verse, and they're very, I'm like, no, that doesn't mean that. Uh, trust me, it doesn't mean that. It means make it difficult, right? Yes. If, if someone is lusting, mm-hmm. let's say a person's having a problem with pornography, mm-hmm. uh, do those things that are necessary to, to block easy access right bring in other people other mm-hmm. men if you're a man or woman if you're a woman mm-hmm. to encourage you to holiness mm-hmm. acknowledge that it's sin acknowledge that it's your choice to sin and pray that god would give you the strength not to but don't, don't cut your hand off or poke your eye out that it doesn't mean that that is correct and that <laughs> by the way is yeah is, is bad bad interpretation of scripture Mm -hmm. it's called eisegesis you're reading into the text we want god to speak to us listen it's very simple we have to come to grips with the fact that we are not god god is god 
That's right. He tells us what to do. We don't tell him what to do. That's that's a real challenge uh, for someone who was raised in the West. Uh, <laughs> we are to submit to God and what he yeah. says. Um, our entire culture says, hey, if it feels good, do it. No. Right. Uh, uh, that's simply not true. And in case anyone is, is wondering about that, all you have to do is go with a toddler to the grocery store and get even remotely close to the candy aisle. <laughs> right. Right. They will but, demand it. They'll demand it all. But that's not loving, Dr. Kelly. That's not loving. You're being mean to that kid. Right. You're being loving to tell him no. That's right. It is love. I'm being silly, but you're right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, God often answers our prayers by saying no. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that that some people like to say God answers prayer by saying yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. And I also think that God says you have no idea. You have no idea. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So we wind up with this this coma process, context, observation, mm-hmm. meaning, and application. And application um, is the timeless principle. Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful. So if someone is exercising faith, that's great. But that does, you know, we have to be careful. What's the context? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I want to give you a good example of please. Yeah. what to do and what not to do. In the Gospel of Mark, in the uh, the first chapter, there's this wonderful section. And I was reading some Sunday school literature, and it says uh, that uh, the central point of this text is that we should share the gospel in places that have not heard about Jesus, show compassion by helping mm-hmm. others, and demonstrate thankfulness. Well, that's that's cute, but that's not what the gospel <laughs> is about. As a matter of fact, uh, I thought it was interesting that the Gospels, by the way, the Gospels are about Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole point is that when you read the Gospels, you should come away thinking, wow, Jesus is amazing. Yes. And uh, in the particular section that they got that from, Jesus casts out a demon from a fella in the synagogue. Mm -hmm. Sort of like someone standing up in church who's demon-possessed and and uh, the demon is cast out. What's interesting is absolutely nobody is surprised that the fellow is demon-possessed, but they are surprised about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has compassion, and he demonstrates great power. I mean, it's just a few sentences later where Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and he instantly heals her. And she does what she loves to do, and that is to serve others. And so she winds up providing food. So all these people are being healed, and they're being delivered, and then Jesus, Jesus prays because he wants to stay connected with the Father. And a leper comes to Jesus. Now, leprosy was a terminal disease. Yes. And Jesus heals them. He heals them and he tells them, don't tell anybody, but go to the priests. And, and there's mm-hmm. a specific, very obscure offering. Uh, and the guy disobeys. Mm-hmm. The problem is that now Jesus has to go into what they call desolate places because the crowds want to mob him. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. the application can't be go and share 
you know, the gospel with others. I mean, that's true, but that's not what it's saying. And then you wind up with uh, Jesus he healing this paralyzed man. Uh, four friends drop him through the roof, which is very simple to do because mm -hmm. the roofs were in layers. Uh, but they drop him right in front of Jesus. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And just to help people understand that he has the authority to do that, this guy gets up and walks out. Now, at the mm -hmm. end of that particular section, the, uh, the Bible study says that all the people were amazed and said, we've never seen anything like this. Now, mm -hmm. if you're looking at the context, if you're observing what's going on, that is the big idea. We've yeah. never seen anything like this. Jesus is absolutely amazing. People wow. are losing their mind in the best way because they're bringing people who, who you know, it's horrible. And yeah. they're walking away and their friends are healed. That's their amazing. They're made right. Yeah. And so um, God bless everybody who writes Sunday school literature. It's tough. And, and I mm -hmm. get that. They're trying to reach a broad audience. But here, the text, <clears throat> the text should drive our interpretation. So mm -hmm. we have the mm -hmm. context, what's happened so far, what's happening. So we read through this, and it's just one after another after another, and we should come to the conclusion, Jesus is amazing. So, you know, what exactly brings us to that conclusion? The text is very clear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, uh, does anyone make any editorial comments or is there anything that this narrative is communicating? What's the big point? It seems like it's like really obvious. Mm -hmm. Jesus really is amazing and he really is that promised Amen. Messiah. You know, he calls himself a... the son of man, which references Daniel chapter seven, where the father winds up giving all authority to one who looks like the like the son of man who has a yeah. dominion and authority and a kingdom and rules everything forever. Um, and so Jesus is making direct reference to his divinity. He yeah. And, that and, and many, many take it. There's people that, that don't look and understand the context. Son of man. Well, he's man. No, no. When he quotes Daniel, he's saying, I am God. Yes. And son of man coming on the clouds. That's why they wanted to kill him. I mean, the Pharisee, exactly. right? Yeah. So read, read more than just one verse. Re read the right. story. Uh, when I when I was growing up, the only reason why I could read is I read comic books, <laughs> and uh, and they were great. Yeah. So, uh, I learned. What was your favorite? Well, I I would read the Incredible Hulk. Oh, okay. So okay. The Hulk was, was the man, and uh, he would get angry and he would break things. Uh, but what I did learn was I learned about radiation. That <laughs> radiation was <laughs> it'll turn you green and get your muscles bigger. Yeah. 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 Well, I always wanted to become a pro wrestler, uh, <laughs> and uh, I never made it past five foot six. So, <laughs> yeah, I wound up. Uh, Having a friend who who became a pro wrestler, he is six five, two hundred and fifty mm. pounds. Mm. So, uh, God's will for my life was not to become a pro wrestler, even though I wanted to. 
Right, right. Uh, but again, you know, um, the stories communicate that here was this man desperate for relationships. He gets uh, hit by radiation and he has to go through life with this, this struggle. This, uh, What's the application to us? Don't get close to radiation. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we don't get what we want, and sometimes life is, is hard. Yeah, it's uh, true. And uh, now, we, uh, getting back to something more important, we look at the Go, Bible please. and we say, well, um, how can I apply this to my life? Well, one, mm -hmm. the most obvious is, am I taking Jesus seriously? Yes. Am I seeing him as awesome as he is? That's that, that's what the text says. That's good mm -hmm. theology. That's good thinking. That's uh, what the story is is communicating. What does it mm -hmm. mean to me? Well, what it means to me is, and that is not individually, the text is driving this, in, the, the meaning is that Jesus is to be followed. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there's this issue of authority there that's in the text. Now, how can I apply this to my life? Even though those were great applications in the Sunday school material, it really has to do with how serious am I about following Jesus? Am I Amen. all in or am I hedging my bets? Amen. And the text is pretty clear that we should be all in. Because who can rescue us? Who can right. deliver us? Well, there is this man, there is this guy, he's amazing. And so that's what this story, uh, that's what the genre is, is, is pushing. Well, that's, that's you know, here's the thing, and, and I need to, we need to wrap it up and kind of bring things in, but I think this has been great. And, uh, you know, I think for, for people out there that are, uh, that, you know, you can utilize and apply these, these, these skills of looking into the text, you know, what's the context? What did it mean to that person? Uh, how can we apply it now to us? And I think the coma illustration was a very good one. Um, Dr. Kelly, this has been great. It's, an, it's been a pleasure having you on. We appreciate you coming. It, it's uh, it's a blessing. I'm so glad to be able to touch base with you guys again. Yes. And also yes. to remind people of context, observation, meaning, and application. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love that because, you know, in today's world, so people just want to take snippets from what people say and do and things like that. And we just have to remember that that is not what we should do. We need to see the whole picture. It's important to see the whole picture. And you definitely help point that out. And I really think all this really points out how God can take a mess, mm -hmm. turn it to a message for his glory, for your Good. Thanks for coming, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye.